Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again today. How blessed we are to be able to come together each day on Search the Scriptures and open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and see how our lives can be better as we live by those tremendous teachings and as we embrace those wonderful promises and blessings that God communicates to us through His Word. Oh, how the world needs God's Word right now. But not just right now, but at all times. But so much right now, as people are confronted with a new reality through this pandemic and epidemic, people have fear, people have uncertainty, people wonder what's going to happen, how things are going to ultimately play out. But God is still there. God is still all-powerful. He knows exactly what's going on. And I believe we can have complete confidence that God will deliver us from this pandemic and epidemic as he has delivered mankind from similar situations pretty much throughout the history of humanity. God is there. We need to trust God. And we need to find peace with God through Jesus Christ. As we come to him, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of our sins. God is where we can find security. It's not going to be ultimately through governments or medical science. Now, that's not diminishing the importance and the abilities of those entities to do what God has designed them to do, but ultimately... The deliverance is from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. James 1 and verse 17. So when ultimately the vaccine will be formulated or the medication will be discovered that will effectively treat this coronavirus pandemic, then that will ultimately be bottom line from God. He may use medical science to put the elements together, to work out the formulas, but the deliverance ultimately, the good result, will be from God. At the end of the program today, as we always do, we'll offer you a free Bible study through the regular mail. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. Both are free, and we'll take care of the postage. This is a time when you can set your fears aside and your anxiety aside by turning to God. And one way you do that, in fact, basic in turning to God, is to go into his word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We keep emphasizing that. Use this time to get into God's word. You've got some extra time right now? Use it productively. From a spiritual perspective, get into God's word. Now this morning, this afternoon, this evening, depending on what time of the day you're listening to this program, and we're on several times a day, and this program is offered on, on our website at churchofchrist.com. We have all the programs listed there. You can tap into them and download them and listen to them over and over again. 
Again, you can receive a copy of this program on CD, and you can pass it on to friends and neighbors and work associates and family members. So it's available on an ongoing basis. Whenever you're listening, this is a time to stop running from God. That's what we're trying to emphasize in this particular series of studies. It's time to stop running from God. What we're facing right now should be a wake-up call. A wake-up call that we need to make sure that our lives are not focused primarily on the things of this world because the things of this world are passing away with this world. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17. But we need to be walking with God, hand in hand. And as long as we hold on to God's hand in faithful and consistent obedience, he'll never let go of ours. But people try to run from God. It's time to stop that. You can't run from God. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you worn out from what you've been going through lately? Are you worn out from life in general? Well, Jesus isn't talking about giving you a relaxing afternoon or giving you a good night's sleep. No, he's talking about spiritual rest. He goes on and says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You need that spiritual rest. The spiritual rest that Jesus offers you, that will sustain you and help you through in a positive and productive way through all that this life might throw at you. You need that rest. It's time to stop running from God. Jesus said, for that rest, you need to come to me. It's time to come to him. Time to come to God through Jesus. Now, we talked about a number of different individuals we can look at through the scriptures that tried to run from God for a while. Going back to Adam and Eve, they actually hid from God after they sinned. But of course, God knew where they were. You can't run from God. Moses tried to make excuses as to why he should not go on the mission of delivering Israel from Egyptian bondage when God called him specifically to go on that mission, to undertake that work, that task. And Moses kept making excuses. But ultimately, God showed him that he needed to do what God had called him to do. And Moses submitted and humbled himself and became a great leader of the Israelite people. You can't run from God. Jonah tried to flee from the presence of the Lord, the text says. In fact, we read about that three times within just a few verses of Scripture in the very first chapter of Jonah. But he could not run from God. And so ultimately, the ship that he was on, that God was impeding through a tempestuous wind, Jonah finally recognized that it was his sinfulness in trying to run from God that was causing the problem. He told the crewmen on the ship, throw me overboard and the sea will calm down. And while they did not agree to do that initially, 
they finally succumbed and did exactly as Jonah said, and the sea did calm down, and God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And for three days and three nights, Jonah found himself in the belly of that fish. Would that, would that be where you would like to spend three days and three nights? Jonah learned you can't run from God. And so when God caused the fish to spew him out onto dry land, God again told him what he wanted him to do. Go to the city of Nineveh and call them to repent. And this time, Jonah did not try to run from God. He obeyed God. When we look at Matthew chapter 23, we find our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, lamenting over the city of Jerusalem, over the people of Israel. These were the ones, the Jews, who should have been looking for Jesus because they had the prophecies in the Old Testament for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that God was going to send the Savior into the world, that God was going to send the Messiah. And Jesus came in fulfillment of all of those prophecies, and he fulfilled those prophecies in meticulous detail. And yet, the Jewish leaders, by and large, and for the most part, the Jewish people themselves rejected Jesus as their Savior, as the Messiah. And so, as Jesus was coming toward the close of his ministry upon this earth, before he would go to the cross, we read his lament over the city of Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 23, beginning with verse 37, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They rejected their Savior. They turned away from him. Ultimately, they had him crucified. They tried to run from the reality that Jesus was and is the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah. But you can't run from God. You can't run from God. And so Jesus laments that they were not willing to come to him. But that did not change reality. It did not change the truth. Just 50 days after Jesus was crucified on the cross and then put in the tomb and then arose from the grave victorious, risen, and after he had ascended back to heaven on Pentecost, Peter and the rest of the apostles were teaching the very gospel message that Jesus brought from heaven, 
There was a multitude, thousands and thousands of Jews gathered on Pentecost for that holy day. And Peter and the rest of the apostles were teaching them the gospel that they had rejected while Jesus was still here on this earth. And while Jesus lamented that he would have gathered them like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but they were not willing. They're not being willing. Their unwillingness to accept him, to follow him, to embrace him as the Savior, as the Messiah, that their prophecies had been foretelling for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, did not change the reality that he is that Messiah that he is the Savior, the Lord, the Son of God, God the Son. And so Peter says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus whom you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. You putting him on that cross did not change the reality of who he is. You trying to shut him up through execution did not change the truthfulness of the message that he brought from the throne room of heaven. He is the Savior. God has made him both Lord and Christ. And about 3,000 that day were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. They learned you can't run from God. Indeed, John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only way to God. There are no other saviors. It doesn't matter how many false prophets and false self-proclaimed saviors might arise through history. Jesus is the only one, and you can't run from God. You can't run from that truth and that reality. We read in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We need to learn. Humanity needs to learn. You can't run from God. The Jews of that day needed to learn. You can't run from God. Many of them did learn. But sadly, the vast, vast majority did not. The reality is the same today. There are so many people out there who are trying to run from God, denying God, believing in God, but refusing to live for him and with him, to obey him. Atheists, agnostics, skeptics refuse to believe in God openly and come to him for salvation. They refuse. But you know, the psalmist said in Psalm 14 and verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. You see, you can deny God every day, all day, all you want, but that does not change the truth of the matter. Ignoring the truth, denying the truth, insisting that it is not true does not change the truthfulness of the truth. It is truth. Whether we believe it or not, whether anybody believes it or not, it is still the truth. 
In Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 19, the apostle Paul wrote, because what may be known of God is manifest in them or made apparent or shown in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Do you know that God started from scratch with mankind twice through history? First in the garden, when he created the first man and woman. And through them, undoubtedly, their children all knew about God. But it is not long through the Genesis account, only when you get to Genesis chapter 6, when God says the thoughts and intentions of the hearts of mankind were only evil continually. And so God determined to start from scratch again, to destroy humanity through the flood. But Noah and his family were found righteous, and so God spared humanity through Noah and his family. So God again started from scratch. But you don't go very far until in the Genesis account until you start realizing again that Oh, man, quickly strayed away from faithfulness to God. And then God sent his son into the world. (laughs) Jesus from heaven. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 8 talk about how he humbled himself and became man. The Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 talks about how he tasted death for all men. But most people of that day rejected him, did not follow him. And still through this time, most people do not follow him obediently, faithfully. And tremendous numbers do not even believe in him to begin with. Again, think about the atheists and the agnostics and the skeptics. They refuse to believe in God openly. But that does not change the fact Again, the psalmist said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Again, the reality, the truthfulness of the existence of God is seen all around us through his creation. In Romans chapter 14, beginning with verse 10, we read this about what it will be the ultimate reality for those who do not believe in God or those who might believe in God and in Jesus, but they refuse to be obedient to God's teachings. In Romans chapter 14, beginning with verse 10, notice, but why do you judge your brother or why do you show, why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Did you get that? Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. There won't be any atheists There won't be any skeptics. 
There won't be any agnostics on the day of judgment. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. No, there won't be any atheists on that day. There won't be any agnostics. There won't be any skeptics. And there won't be any hardheads who refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God and their Lord and Savior, who refuse to be respectful to God on that day, because every knee shall bow to the Lord. Every tongue shall confess to God. The wicked does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts, Psalm 10 and verse 4. But at judgment again, everybody, as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, giving account of the things that we've done in this life, whether good or bad, and there'll be no hiding any of that, because again, God is all-knowing and all-seeing and omnipresent everywhere all the time. Every single one of us will recognize the reality we can't run from God. So what should be the conclusion, my friend? The conclusion? It's time to stop running from God. It's time right now to stop running from God. You who don't want to make the commitment to come to God, come to reality. It's time to stop running from God. You weak and lukewarm Christians, wishy-washy in your spiritual dedication, it's time to stop running from God. Jesus is calling you, each one, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But it's a coming with a commitment. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from, my, from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. But then he says, you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is calling you. Come to him. Stop running from God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, please help us to stop running away from you. Help us and guide us to come to you and embrace you. We need you in our lives always, every second. And guide us to come to you to take care of us and bless us and protect us and deliver us and give us eternal life, salvation through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So many are trying to run from you, Father. Please help them to see clearly they need to stop running from you because you can't run from you successfully. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.